The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 293 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Our friends at Science Museum of Oklahoma are celebrating steampunk in this month's SMO 21 on April 14th from 7 to 10 p.m. Here to talk about this amazing event is tinkering and special projects educator, Chris Seifert. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Okay, so first off, for those who don't know, what is SMO 21? Oh, SMO 21 is a wonderful party and a uh, program that we started a number of years ago exclusively for adults to come visit Science Museum Oklahoma with, uh, in the evening with no kids in the building and with uh, with a bar in place. Mm-hmm. We It gives us an opportunity to really do some activities that we would not really be able to do at other points in time. And it's so it's 21 and older only. Yes, it is 21 and older only. How you guys and, have been doing this for a while. Oh yeah. Well, we've done, we've done this, uh, program since about 2017, if I remember correctly. Um, and every single time that we do this, we do them, uh, multiple times a year, normally about four times a year. And we do a different theme for each one. And we are nothing if not committed to that theme each time <laughs> themes in the past have ranged from summer camp to really bad, really bad ideas. That is the entire theme, not that the themes are bad. Right, ideas, yes. Of course, um, to, Oh my gosh. Uh, we did a whole one on, uh, decomposition and decay where we got to talk about both mushrooms and even uh, how brewing works yeah. uh, with uh, yeast and so on. Which is great for a party that's got alcohol in it. <laughs> so this, this month we're, or this, this time we're doing steampunk. So tell me what inspired steampunk. Oh, steampunk is a thing that has been around for a while. It's, it's kind of this, uh, just for anyone who might be listening, who doesn't know it all, mm-hmm. um, steampunk is wrapped up in a, normally either like Victorian or Wild West vibes, but with an imagined future, uh, imagined futurist technology where there is uh, everything is still run by steam power, but we have more of the modern luxuries of today with these uh, just really large machines that do a lot of that work for us and uh in a way that doesn't seem very efficient to us today but it has this really uh beautiful and aesthetic to it with mechanics and gears and cogs everywhere and it really kind of it resonates really well with the maker community which is one of the reasons it's so good for uh an event like ours at the science museum where we focus a lot on uh, making and just getting hands on with things. Yeah. One of the things I love about steampunk is it does tie more into the engineering aspect rather than just technology by itself. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, 
And it, oh man, sorry, I just got a little bit of a sidetrack there. Yeah, this is going to say there isn't there every uh, is, isn't any artificer in D D and D. Yes. Just completely tied up in that aesthetic. Yes, I reached the first time I saw an artificer. I was like, "That is a perfect set." If you were going to play into an into a steampunk setting, you've got to have an artificer. Oh, for sure. And we are we're leaning into that pretty hard ourselves up mm-hmm. here. With uh, one of the activities that we have going on, we have a community partner, Josh Cook, who does uh, upcycled metalworking art and is going to be wow. out helping folks learn how to do this with aluminum cans uh, that are converted from aluminum cans back into sheet metal and learn to make their own sculptures themselves. That's amazing. Cause I, again, you're, yeah, you're talking about using the, the basic blocks. What I love about the SMO 21 doing the science museum is it's the, the basic building blocks of our technology and how we, you know, can move from this, just engineering almost uh, the, the, the idea of just building these little simple machines into something, what we, what we have today. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, one of the activities that I'm really excited that, that we'll be doing is one we've worked on for years. In our, uh, it's one that we've done in our tinkering garage called Automata. And it's using uh, cogs and cams to drive pistons and then you attach different things to the pistons in order to create different types of movement you can get Mm -hmm. uh different types of rises and falls and spins and i i know i mentioned that that's something that we do with uh kids in our tinkering garage but really it's a thing that i have sat and played with for so long and one of the great things with an event like this is adults don't have to feel self-conscious about being a kid and playing in front of well kids kids exactly. they should have to worry about that every anyway but it's good that we're able to create an environment where people can engage with that and yeah getting to experiment with like restricting different parts of motion and turning a camshaft and seeing how that changes your overall motion those are really wonderful and exciting things and you mentioned without kids and one of the things problems with going to the science museum with children is you really can't do anything. You everything you're doing is for the children. And so this gives you a chance to kind of put them aside and actually be able to do some of the things you might've wanted to do if they weren't around. There are definitely like a, a few activities that are, that we've done in the past uh, and so on for things that are exactly of that nature. So we've, we've done uh, just different like science of alcohol. And I mean, I'm already mentioned like brewing and talking about that, which is like science that's really rele- relevant to a lot of people's hobbies and personal interests. But it's one that we, that we definitely couldn't do inside of other contexts just for reasons like that. Um, and then of course the, one of the things that we have to be careful of is making sure like that, um, we don't want to do something that could be emulatable in a dangerous way, right? But adults can handle knowing a little bit more about some of our uh, some of these subjects because they have that, you know, uh, maturity to know what to do and what to, what not to do. And also, if you've got the children around, you might just be stuck at that big tree uh, while they play, and you really can't go anywhere and do anything else. Oh, for sure. And so, uh, it, when you're bringing kids up here to the museum as a guest, uh, there is definitely a whole lot of that uh, as an element because you do want to make sure that they're having fun. But we want we want really want this night to be all about the adults mm-hmm. here. So what other activities you got going on? 
Oh, so one of one of my favorite ones that we have going that uh, Sarah has cooked up for. Sarah is our tinkering educator, and is tea dueling. And this is so fun. Uh, it's it's such a, a silly thing that can only work inside of this type of aesthetic entirely. Uh, so leading into that whole Victorian era, it is uh, a small competition where two opponents sit down in front of a cup of tea. Of, of their own cup of tea and they soak a Biscoff cookie in it. Oh, and then they have to, after a set amount of time, both pick up their cookie, bring it all the way up to their mouth and take a bite without it falling apart. And it was, <laughs> it was just kind of like leaning into the, the fanciness, the mustache twirling, uh, the monocle wearingness uh, that is so tantamount to what steampunk is as an aesthetic. And well, that one, while that one's not as uh, directly tied to a whole lot of the the science and exhibits that we normally do, it's so fun <laughs> to play around with this. That's so Victorian England. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah, just uh, again. I mean, I don't know if you can see here, but I got got my whole mustache ready to go for this. <laughs> yes, I know. I love the curl in your mustache; it's fabulous. Thank you. So we've got. Uh, I, I've already mentioned tea dueling, but something that's also really interesting in the way that it ties into the museum is we are doing uh, apothecary jars. Ooh. So, yes, uh, and we're going to let people kind of create their own little curio jars. We are going to have uh, Lovely Bones, uh, a shop here in OKC, an oddity shop that's going to be uh, partnering with us during this activity. But we will... Uh, let kiss uh no, sorry i combined mm. a couple words at once let guests uh create their own curio jars and that really ties into the history of science museums on the whole uh when you think of how like natural science history kind of got started you think of things like the wonder calmer which is uh uh cabinets of wonder and we even as we renovated our museum uh, installed our own Wondercom, our own cabinets of wonder that just have all these oddities and curios in them. And so this really gets to tie back into that whole origin of science museums and, and natural history. That sounds wonderful. What else you got going? Um, I know I've already mentioned our automata, mm -hmm. uh, which is of course one of one of my favorite things because of the mechanics, but also one of the fun things that we get to engage with this time is some of the very early beginnings of animation we're going to have uh, a zoetrope activity in which guests will get to create their own uh, animation that is powered and viewed by mechanics by spinning a wheel that interrupts your motion and has gaps in it in just the perfect spot that your next frame will always snap into place and creates oh. that exact same illusion of motion that we see in modern cartoons and animation in general. Yeah. Uh, why do you think that people are so fascinated with steampunk? Uh, so, I mean, of course there's, there is the surface level like interest in it mm. where it is a very beautiful aesthetic. Mm. There is nothing, there is nothing out there that is quite like it. Um, but I think that there is something else that's kind of tied into that uh, uh, just on a personal level. One of the things that's really 
tied into steampunk is kind of going back and imagining a future that in a way evolves differently and comes about. And so a lot of steampunk can be very hopeful. And I think that a lot of people kind of, kind of see that in, uh, in a, from the past looking forward again, Mm -hmm. uh, not, not too dissimilar with, uh, how like 1950s Americana, uh, it was kind of, really interested in how the future was going to look. And so we have that, that whole term, that whole retro future sort of thing. Um, I, I think that steampunk really invites people to play and explore that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's this, I think it's also the simplicity of the science that it, although it's complicated, it's still complicated. It's modern technology. It's just, it's so very simple with gears and with moving things through, through steam power rather than electricity running all over the place. It's there's, there's something simple and basic, but still modern about it. Oh yeah. And I, I completely agree with that. The, um, it, it harkens to a world that we completely understand because, you know, thinking of like, uh, atoms and stuff like that aren't things that people can really uh, interact with on a, on, on a direct level. Like it, it's a thing that we have to understand in theory more than, uh, and, and we can use our knowledge of it, but it's a lot different. Whereas like cogs and cams, they're big enough that you can put your hands on them and move them around in a physical space. And it really lets you feel like you have a great grasp and understanding of the world as it is. And the beauty of the cogs doing the work is just, it's there's, again, it's, there's something art, artistic and romantic about it. Oh yeah, and oh, getting to build a clock, um, you know, because clock because clockwork itself is such a, uh, and just to back up real quick because I don't want to accidentally imply something that I didn't mean to. Um, I, I've had a little bit of experience build, building some some small scale clocks just to to play around with. That's not an activity I'm referring to here, but it's it's what I immediately uh, thought of when when you referred to. Uh, that and getting to manipulate those Um, clockwork is just a really beautiful art Mm -hmm. in and of itself that I mean it requires a lot of finesse and a lot of timing when I built uh, some of the model model clocks that I've done in the past tuning them takes almost as long as getting them put together you know yeah and even though the ones I've made don't run for very long at all (laughs) But they do run. That's the important part. They do for about two and a half minutes. And then they have to be wound up again. And they keep accurate for about 30 to 45 seconds. <laughs> uh, and it, that is one of the things though, that we are trying to also emphasize. And it's like we, we're calling it steampunk, which everyone knows. But it's steam capitalized, which does include Mm-hmm. You know, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Mm-hmm. So we do have a couple of more, uh, like I've already, I know I've already mentioned the zoetropes, but we also are going to have an activity uh, in creating silhouettes. So oh, yeah. just different things like that through projection and so on. I see. I hadn't th- thought about the tie-in with uh, with the type of uh, education of science, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, which. For a while, it was just called STEM, and the, the idea of bringing art is so very important because art is is about learning as well. Uh, so the the idea that you're bringing in adults and showing them what STEAM can be, this science, technology, engineering, art, and math could be all about for their children. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And 
I I love getting to bring the A into STEM and, and for STEAM whenever 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 we can because I mean really art sits at the intersection of all of those things too. Um, engineering can be purely about form, but it can or purely about fa- uh, function, but it can be also just as much about form. Mm-hmm. Creating a thing that that works can have its own beauty and its utility, but it it can also be about creating something even you know. Um, that that's more for its aesthetic as well as its function. I love that, and so it, it's bringing out bringing that out education to to the adults. I think is great. Is there going to be people? Are there going to be people dressed up? Or are you encouraging people who come in to dress up? Absolutely. So we always encourage people to come in costume if they would like, and we have we always have a number of our staff who love to uh, commit to the theme. I know I will be going around with my with my curly mustache uh, all night long for this. Um, but costumes are not required for people to show up. Mm. If if anyone just wants to come out, uh, however they are, in whatever in whatever uh, clothing, whatever clothing they like, they don't have to be in a particular Victorian era costume. But if you are considering even for a moment to do that, please do. We love it. Yeah, just go get a top hat and some goggles. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, top hats and goggles is always a really easy way and. Uh, especially if you can work with brown clothing, that's a really quick way to do something like that. And just even uh, even getting some plastic gears and gluing them onto a couple of things can go a long way to make it. Yeah, it's just an excuse to to dress up in Victorian style clothing and just and and dress it up in gears and and just mechanical things. It just it's so much fun. Anytime you can oh, cosplay, yeah. it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. No. And. That's one of the things that we do see at almost all of these SMO 21s is the amount of people who, across a very wide range of life, of of stages of life, who love getting into cosplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will have, uh, for our one of color, we had uh, uh, one particular couple show up in the most uh, brightly colored suits and dresses that I had ever seen in my entire life, like uh, a patchwork that they had clearly been working on for a, a good couple of weeks in the lead up to it. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah, it's it's honestly a great place to come and just uh, even, even beyond just the staff, see what other people have going on. <laughs> <laughs> just to see other people. That's the other beauty of, of cosplays. Why I love going to conventions is because you get to see just how other people are dressed up. Yeah. Oh, so and I've had so gotten to have so many great interactions just because of that. Both at Smo Twenty Ones and at cons. Yeah. Uh, just uh, hanging out with folks in costume is always great. So, how what's the cost to go to Smo Twenty One this year? All right. Uh, so the, the cost to go Smo Twenty One general admission tickets are going to be twenty five dollars up through April uh, April thirteenth, and thirty dollars on April fourteenth at the door. We also have a VIP tickets, but but those are currently almost sold out. Oh They're wow! Thirty five dollars in advance. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot <laughs> of times our VIPs sell out pretty quickly. So on, honestly, I'm a little surprised that we still have a couple left. So um, if you can, if you are interested in getting a VIP ticket, you definitely want to try to do that now mm-hmm. while you can. If we do have any left, they will be forty at the door, but that doesn't seem very likely at this point. Right, they're usually gone by the time the fourteenth rolls around, or by the time the day of the event rolls around. Exactly, and then uh, just because I don't think that I've said the date itself yet, mm-hmm. 
it is going to be next week on Friday, April 14th from right. 7 o'clock to 10 p.m. And those who have VIP tickets are going to get in at 6.30. Oh, wow. Uh, and it, yeah. So you get early access to the event. And then we also have something very special for you, for you guys, uh, an activity only for, for you if you are a VIP. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, you do, but for normal, for normally with uh, doors are open at seven, they last till 10 and it, there is going to be a bar there as well. Yes. And uh, one thing I did leave out for the VIP access is you also get a free signature cocktail. We do something different for every one of these. And, but I don't want to spoil any of that. So right. in order to see that, you'll have to be here at this. <laughs> that is so much fun. And it's just a great time to spend without having, again, having to worry about children being there and not only, not only your children, but any children, because can sometimes that can hinder what you do because you want to be able to play and stuff, but you, you did feel self-conscious if there's children around. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, I've, I've also had that experience getting to, getting to travel to other museums and uh, get to learn what they have going on, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I know that even me as an educator who is, I, I'm someone who's not afraid to play, but I am afraid of taking away the opportunity for a kid to play. And so if I go to walk up to an exhibit and I see a kid running up to it, I often like back off and make sure that they get to have their time, which does mean sometimes that we, we give up on that. Yeah. And so it's going to be great for people to get to come out in this environment and get to, experience everything directly and know that they are they are the ones who everything is about that night and for those who've never been to the science museum of oklahoma they've got children and they have just haven't gone to this is a chance for them to see it before they're they bring in their children oh for sure and it i mean it really is a wonderful place mm -hmm. there's uh, nothing quite like it yeah, we love the Science Museum of Oklahoma, uh, and it, it's at seven o'clock on on Friday, April April fourteenth, and they you, you do still have some uh, VIP passes, but for the most part, twenty twenty five dollars before so before the thirteenth or the thirteenth before the fourteenth, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. In other words, uh, let me phrase it in a way that's a little bit better. On the day of general admission, tickets are thirty dollars. If you buy them in advance, they're twenty five. And the event is on April 14th. Good deal. Uh, and where can people find out more information about this? So if you go to SMO.org under programs, we have SMO 21 on our website. Yeah, it's right there on or Google search Science Museum of Oklahoma. It's the right first yep. thing on the on the Google. So uh, fantastic. Chris, anything else you want to make sure you mention? I think that we've hit on just about everything, but I do want to say that I can't wait to see what everyone who comes out to this brings with them as a uh, as a costume if they do choose to do that. That's always some of my favorite parts of this. It's always so much fun. Plus, steampunk is just a great way to dress up anyway. So, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Chris, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. So that's our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can also find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Chris Seifert, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.